Hey, Sam. Hey, Luke. What's, uh, what's wrong, buddy? I just watched the hit 2004 film Troy starring Brad Pitt and Eric Bana, but I don't know if it's accurate at all. Hey, we've all been there, friend. This has you pretty messed up, huh? Well, I have good news for you. Ah! Jesus! I'm a doctor. Of medicine? Even better, classics. And I have all the answers for your burning questions about myths, ancient Greco-Roman history, and the movies. Where can we get this incredible medicine? Over on the podcast, Greased Lightning. It's on all your favorite podcatchers. It will be the sweet ambrosia of the gods. New episodes every other Monday. Two words to me in three years of Bret Hart thing you do. Hello and welcome back to Hanksy Panksy, a podcast where two dumb idiot best friends fill themselves mind, body, and soul with strangely few minutes of a deeply <laughs> professional and well-connected Tom Hanks. I'm Sam Siegel and I'm one of those dumb idiots. <laughs> I'm your local camper van living A&R man, Luke Patrick. I just want to sign you guys. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this week, in case you haven't figured it out, we've watched uh, 1996's That Thing You Do. That Thing You Do. And hey, Sam, I just want to apologize right off the bat for remembering this being kind of a rom-com. So apologies for that, because we didn't even hit that bar. Yeah, hey, uh, fuck you. You you set me up for something, and <laughs> I actually prepared for it. And uh, boy, boy, I got let down. Yeah. Um, Sorry about that, bud. Oh, it's it's fine. Uh, how was your watch this week? So, Sam, I did try to do something interesting this time around. Okay. Uh, it was not watching Apollo 13 in the tub with a tablet in the dark in the cold, cold, cold air of your room, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is my new favorite children's book. Uh, <laughs> but uh, this is giving away a little bit of the plot, but, uh, you know, the, the pro tag of this movie is a drummer. Well, Sam, I am also a drummer. So Yes. Anytime they were drumming, I was drumming. When they were working, I was working. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, so basically so, my role was anytime somebody was on screen at a drum kit drumming, I was to do the exact same thing that they were. And and did that bring kind of a new experience to you? Did you kind of get into the film a little more? Well, I tell you, I started it thinking it was just going to be this little thing that I could kind of toss out there. Like, oh, hey, I also drummed along with whatever they were doing. But, Sam, there's a lot of fucking drumming in this movie. And, oh, there uh, it is. Yeah, it's one thing to kind of do it and then uh, piece it all together or to do a set when you got adrenaline. But when you're just, like, chilling and <laughs> every, like, five to ten minutes, you have to belt out most of a song because this movie plays pretty much the whole song every time. Uh, uh-huh. It's fucking exhausting for an hour and 48 goddamn minutes. Uh, the other thing, Sam, can I tell you the other thing? Mm-hmm. I have played That Thing You Do so many times at this point. 
I I could sit in for the main character of this film. Oh like, shit! No problem, easy breezy. Just put me in there. I can <laughs> bang this fucker out so quick. <laughs> hey, um, this is this is probably terrible audio. Do you think you could drum it out on on your desk? Yeah, I can give it a go. I mean, the kick drum is hard, but it's. I mean, that's it, Sam. Well, right? great. Um, yeah, you you fucking nailed it. Uh, well, shit, if you'll just do that um, kind of just randomly throughout the podcast too many times, yeah, uh, <laughs> we'll pretty much simulate the movie. And then if you want that nasally voice, I can attempt it. Oh, that thing you do. I can do that periodically. <laughs> whilst do that thing you do. Luke, why did we even start with the recording? Because you, you've got the whole thing. It's pretty it's pretty irritating the 10th time around banging out that same beat. I mean, there's some interesting fills in there that the guy does. He's clearly a, a talented drummer, but it's all it's all ride cymbal and snare drum on the on the twos and fours there my friend <laughs> well look man i'm i'm not a, a musically talented individual i did i did fake it throughout all of high school band mm. so um yeah i so did I'm remember you i remember you sitting in high school band uh you know playing air sax like a motherfucker it was you're, you're not <laughs> yeah. selling yourself uh, enough here i feel like it was pretty inspiring to watch you really kenny g it out over there <laughs> meanwhile not a note left the bell of your saxophone <laughs> no you couldn't even hear my breath out of it uh just nothing um, but uh, yeah, anyway, Sam, that's how my watch was, and it was a fucking cr- fucking car crash. So, how was your watch? Uh, so I I'd say not much better, but I mean, like that's, I mean that's a pretty low bar to to cross. So I'll say it it did go better. I at least enjoyed a good meal during it. Mm, nice. Um, yeah, I had some Thanksgiving leftovers. I had some pizza and uh and a pumpkin pie about midway through the film um and i did watch it with mckenna Mm. who in in a series first did quit (laughs) she left the room huh (laughs) she she full she shouted i quit and she left the room Mm. and then she she said that i couldn't have any pie because pie is for quitters Mm, i understand Uh, so she sort of uh she 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 pulled the classic coffee is for closers, but instead shamed you for doing this podcast and for watching this movie uh, as you're contractually yeah. obligated to do. Yeah, for bringing it stink into our home. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, for that I can't falter. Yeah, uh, that's fair. She did Glen Gary Glen Gary Glen close you uh, <laughs> <laughs> on this one. <laughs> she fucking did, and then so. It got a little worse for Kenna. I'll say mm, that because okay. there's nothing else to do in the house and every other room in our house is too cold. So she did have to just sit angrily in the same room as me <laughs> while I finished the movie. Oh, uh, man. You love it. Trapped by proxy. Just sort of <laughs> yeah. stuck in place. I, I offered to go to a different room on multiple uh, like multiple times mm-hmm. and she said no just finish it yeah so just uh, fucking so, yeah. finish just finish <laughs> and uh, and so I finished the movie and uh, mere minutes later here we are report uh, recording this podcast nice man 
I'm digging these right after records. I feel like we keep the juice fresh on these. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah we don't we don't muddle the waters. Mm-mm. Um, I will say though, um, I did come into this fully expecting it to be a rom com, mm-hmm. and so I I did some homework. Oh. Uh, I I watched Netflix's newer movie, Holiday. Oh, uh, that's been on our list. It looks pretty yeah. good and, uh, you know, super, super nice uh, subversion on, uh, you know, a typical a heteronormative romantic comedy. Sam, how was that? Uh, now, I do think maybe we're talking about different movies because uh, subverting heteronormative uh, situations, this did not. Mm. But um, I did watch it and it was hokey, but I did enjoy it. Wait, is this the say, Santa Claus movie and not the one starring Kristen Stewart? I think it's neither. This is starring Emma Roberts and uh, some sort of dime store uh, Hemsworth, I think. <laughs> well, then, Sam, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about right now. <laughs> Quite honestly, I don't really either. Can I put it on? I watched it, and I did find myself, I'm, I'm a little ashamed to admit, smiling as the movie finished this morning mm. so nice. so i do think i think maybe i'm coming around on rom-coms mm. well i'm extremely excited to dig into that and when we get to something like you've got mail that is actually a romantic comedy instead of this movie mm-hmm. which i just remembered as being one and <laughs> has romance but we'll get into that in a second yeah. so <laughs> but um before we dig into this movie luke we got to get Tom on this fucking podcast. Mm, do we need a and, plot as well? Uh, Well, before we get to that plot, okay. I think it's time to tweet at Tom. Mm, please, let's tweet at Tom. I got some juicy hot takes this week. Okay, yeah. So so let's think. I I think, I mean, we got to reference the movie in some, some fucking way. Mm-hmm. Ah, what you you got anything off the old dome? Yeah, so I think I think something like sitting in the sound booth working on my fiftieth take of uh, that thing you do! Exclamation point! You know what? Fuck it! Throwing three exclamation points on that boy. Uh, wondering when Tom gonna stop by the studio, give us that real sauce. I said okay, real I'm, sauce. I'm, I'm very uncomfortable with it. I am gonna spell it uh, O N E. D E R I N G. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, just to just to really reference the movie in a way I think he'd respect. Mm. Um, <laughs> yes, referencing the name of the band, uh, the original name of the band, which was the Wonders, uh, and then people pronounced it as uh, O Neaters, I believe. Yeah, yeah. A, uh, a very funny joke. Oh, so, so funny. I'm glad that it went back to that well 16 times. Uh, so we've got uh, sitting in the sound booth worth working on my 50th take of that thing you do. Uh, wondering when Tom Hanks is going to come visit. Hashtag play along Tom. Uh, uh, play along Tom. Play, play along Tom. Oh, play along Tom. Hashtag play along Tom. Yes. Done. Now, sent. Nice. Now that is changing the hashtag. Are you comfortable with that? I mean, it's in the ether now, but you know, I think it's fine. I sent it out. You can't recall tweets. We all know that. Let's mm-hmm. move on. Nice. Luke, break down the plot. <laughs> so uh, happy to break down the plot this week because uh, if you haven't seen this movie, don't. Um. <laughs> <laughs> please, please don't. Yeah. Um, 
So, and this is how we're going to get Tom Hanks on our podcast is by trashing the one movie that he both wrote and directed. Um, <laughs> play along, Tom. Um, so basically, the plot of this movie, which the plot is thin on the ground, uh, which we'll talk about in just a second, but essentially there is a dude from Erie, Pennsylvania who works with his stuffy dad, uh, or as I wrote in my notes, he's back, folks. He's Dick Dad. Uh, (laughs) dad is a dickhole Um, yes and he'd rather be drumming than working in the appliance store he starts a band they have a big hit they kind of slum it around uh the state fair circuit they blow up big they're sort of a beatles type group the band breaks apart he becomes an la session drummer doing a lot of jazz stuff and that's it okay so i will say you have misrepresented him becoming an L.A. session drummer because <laughs> that's that's more time than the movie gave it. Yeah. Also, this movie is an hour and 48 minutes. Um, it's an hour and 48 minutes, and folks, half of it is just this one fucking song yeah. that ain't good. There are so many sections of this movie that are the same song, hence me kind of having a hard time drumming along with it because i i feel the pain like at a certain point you can see in their faces that they're tired of playing that thing you do and i'm sitting there very tired of playing that thing you do um hey mm -hmm. luke um i i started not believing that it was actually happening this many times so i did count the number of times that the movie played (laughs) that thing you do i'm so um, so curious to hear this it's eight. eight eight full times the Fuck. movie plays that thing you do. <laughs> uh, and in in almost its entirety. That means that not only did they play it eight times, <laughs> that I played it eight times. And we're talking several minutes per take here, like most of the yeah. song. It's a it's a long song. Let me let me pull it up from it's two minutes and forty seven seconds. Mm. Which actually is shorter than it feels. Fuck, that means we did it every time. Because I, I mean, having drummed along with it, I'm pretty sure we get two minutes and almost, uh, you know, another full minute on top of that every single time. So, fuck, dude, eight is too many. That's that's bordering on 24 minutes (laughs) of this song. It's it's masturbatory. Oh, fuck, man. Well, and I might be off by one. I don't know. I started my count late because I was like, surely they're not going to play this that many times. Yeah. Uh, also, but, uh, man, we're here. You know, we've we've basically danced all around it. Sam, what do you think of this movie? Oh, it's fucking terrible. <laughs> now, it's is it the worst movie we've seen? No, no. that's. That's such a high bar to cross. Yeah. Hey, um, really quick. What is the worst movie we've seen so far? Let's do a check-in here on episode 21. uh, Actually, 22, Luke. I'm very sorry to correct you. Jesus fucking Christ. (laughs) Um, Is it Bachelor Party? It's it's Bachelor Party. Okay, so you're saying Bachelor Party for all the obvious reasons. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it's still every time we say goodbye, my friend. Ooh. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's so it's tough because every time we say goodbye was utterly demoralizing Mm -hmm. and bachelor party was infuriating. 
Yeah, I mean, I watched every time we say goodbye like a fucking captive, like I was in the Lubyanka, <laughs> just like being forced to consume this thing, watching my spirit be crushed slowly. I have rarely hated a movie more than I hated every time we say goodbye. So I don't know, man. Although, I mean, Bachelor Party had its moments. It was a shit-tastic, racist, and problematic movie all around, but it did have a coked-up donkey. It did have a coked-up donkey, but it did have Rudy. Mm. Don't forget Rudy. Yeah, can't forget Rudy. Never hashtag <laughs> don't forget Rudy. <laughs> Whose only line, it seems, was screaming. Mm-hmm. Well... Uh. I'm glad we ironed that out. It's always good to sort of look in the rear view and <laughs> figure out yeah. what your low points were. So uh, what I'll say is that this movie has a, a stellar cast. Mm, yeah. Because um, I I personally love Tom Everett Scott based mm. on his role in uh, Andrea Savage's I'm Sorry. Mm, nice. Uh, and he's fucking spectacular in that. He did a great job here, too. Oh, yeah. He's great in this. Mm-hmm. Um. It has Liv Tyler. It has Charlize Theron, which mm-hmm. like what? Yeah. Um, it's it's got a lot of fucking people in it. Yeah, and uh, I want to talk about uh, the protagonist here, but before we do that, I do want to mention from you know my experience as a musician, it does look like everybody's actually playing their instruments, especially the drummer. So like, props to them for for actually doing this, and I'm sure that they hated playing that thing you do uh, way more than I did by the end of this. Yeah, so. so I can actually shed a little light on that. Mm, please do. Um, because after I finished the movie, I genuinely was unsure if this was a real story or not. Because, <laughs> boy, the movie makes it seem like it was. Yeah. Um, and it's it's not, but uh, they they all, like, rehearsed together as, mm. as, like, a band. So so they essentially lived as a band for uh, for the duration of this movie. Uh, was Damn. my understanding. So, why so they that, actually like can play this. Why is that so sad to me? That seems really sad. Oh, Luke, I, this is a movie full of sad quotes. Uh, like, um, I'm just going to jump through here. I should have dumped you in Pittsburgh is one of the <laughs> saddest sentences yeah. I've ever heard. As is, I'm going to go back to Erie. Mm, yep, Erie womp, PA. Womp. <laughs> But yeah, Jesus, it's it's so fucking bad. I mean, like, towards the beginning of the film, you know, the uh, it's uh, Tom Everett Scott who plays Guy Patterson. Yeah, uh, is in the appliance store, and there's a weird old puppet show, TV show on yeah. the TV, and I found myself longingly watching that, <laughs> <laughs> wishing I could watch those puppets for an hour and. 48 minutes yeah instead of that thing you do (laughs) yeah dude i'm feeling the vibes in a big way here hey i did want to talk Mm -hmm. about the protagonist do you remember his name for this movie that i just watched literally an hour ago (laughs) guy patterson or sketch yeah sketch i'm gonna call him sketch because that's easier to remember than guy patterson um which he does say multiple times i am I have mm-hmm. absorbed no name since Bachelor Party, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe Forrest Gump. I got Forrest Gump. Um, hey, you know. So here's my theory with him. Um, okay. So this movie was written and directed by Tom Hanks, correct? Uh, sure. I know yeah. it's directed by him. 
Yeah. If you say it's written by him, it is. Well, it says it in the beginning of the movie. Oh, uh, well, I'll, I'll believe that. Yeah. So if we're taking the movie as canon, uh, <laughs> then <laughs> pretty sure it's written directed. So the main dude, does he or does he not look exactly like young Tom Hanks? Okay, so that is what threw me off for a while is because <laughs> Tom Hanks does not show up in this movie for a good long while. Yeah, it is and literally 40 minutes in. I clocked it again. Anytime we don't see the Hanks almost immediately, I check it, and it is 40 minutes before we see him. Yeah, and so I got worried that somehow someone on IMDb had fucked up mm-hmm. and thought that Tom Hanks was in this, but it's actually Tom Everett Scott. Yeah. Yeah, they sneak uh, him in there because they got him on the poster. Like, he's standing there like, huh? Me? Right. And, uh, yeah, they, they're <laughs> advertising the fact that he's in this film, but I'd say it's it's semi-false advertising. It is it is oh, lukewarm yeah. advertising. Yeah, he's barely in it. But you know what isn't lukewarm advertising? What's that? Uh, the movie advertising for Playtone because mm. the entire movie is one long commercial for Playtone. Yeah, specifically for Playtone Records, which is an actual entity uh, run by Tom Hanks and his business partner, who I don't remember the name of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, hey, Tom, since you're <laughs> going to be on our podcast, I'll try to be friendly about this, but what the fuck, man? <laughs> yeah, this, I mean... This I seems sketchy. I didn't know you could make movies movies this way. Like, you just found, like, an oil company... And then on the side, just have like a production company that makes movies uh, starring like Mike Rowe or somebody about yeah. working an oil rig. No, so so it's a it's a boy band that plays for Halliburton Records. <laughs> hey, Halliburton Records. We're gonna say that many times. It's the <laughs> the, the Halliburton habit. You know the group the, of people we have with us. You know the Halliburton Galaxy of players. Mm-hmm. Which does um, get said, uh, the Playtone Galaxy, like, just a oh shitload God. in this movie. And it doesn't make sense, because Playtone doesn't have anything to do with fucking space. Mm-mm. I think he's just riding those Apollo 13 vibes and still, still oh, thinking in space terms. Yeah. You know, lazy son of a bitch. Tom, I love you. Please come on the show. Play along, Tom. Play along, Tom. Well, my theory with the, the lead here is that uh, this was probably supposed to be a tom hanks role maybe this was an idea he had but he couldn't play the age and so they found a stand-in it's sort of a paul mccartney still with his apple contract re bad finger the band which is in air quotes not paul mccartney um (laughs) kind of a situation sure yeah yeah i i'd believe it actually that uh that he wanted to do it but they were like no you're too old and you can't Mm -hmm. play the drums yeah (sighs) so i I wanna I wanna get into some quick hits, try to mm-hmm. get us out of this because again, it's a terrible movie. Please don't ever watch it. Yeah. Uh, my wife literally chose uh, only continue to watch this movie because it was just better than sitting in a cold room <laughs> doing nothing. Um, hey, that really fucking puts it into perspective, <laughs> my dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's sitting in a dark, cold room in absolute silence, and then just above that this movie mm-hmm. um so i will say i did completely predict what tom's job would be or what mm. his role would be in the movie yeah uh which does tell me that something is happening to my brain because of this podcast yeah hey, d- does this movie also disprove the hanks rule uh well he barely performs his job in this mm. so I mean, there was a lot of drumming can confirm but i see your point 
but Tom's job was not drumming. It mm. was managing, and he, you don't see a lot of it. You see, see him talking to people. Mm. This is this is you know? what happened: is that I have fully replaced the protagonist of this movie with Tom Hanks <laughs> oh, no. in my head. Sam, I watched this an hour ago. <laughs> Luke, what happened to you? <laughs> um. Okay, so an early, like very very early plot point of this movie, if you can even call it that, is that they're trying to come up with a name for this shitty ass band. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, they've got the Herdsman, which is terrible, and some other garbage, and then the Wonders, but spelled wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Luke, do you have any band names for them? Because I've, I've got a couple. So I keep a running list of band names, actually. Um, oh, okay. But I'm not going to bust those out, I think, because... Uh, they're too spicy. They're too good, uh, and I have to yeah. pull up the list. So I am stalling for time. So Sam, go for it. Uh, so I've got the the cochlear hip plants. <laughs> That's super uh, good. The the ear ticklers, mm. uh, which has a connotation that I don't love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Wicked listener. I don't know. I'm I'm really just <laughs> kind of. Uh, I think you're so close. Just wicked listener is uh is Ooh. right there my dude he's wicked that's, lissa that's not bad mm-hmm. uh and then the drum sticklers mm, interesting and that good noise <laughs> that good noise is excellent the drum sticklers uh is also quite quite good that's got a lot of meat on there mm, i can taste that one that one's good i, I feel like it fits them too mm-hmm. yeah 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 sort of prefab but also still not great, like a sheet cake from Costco. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Did you think that the lead singer looked like he wanted to run for Senate? <laughs> yeah, actually, specifically from a like slightly more conservative section of Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. I think he mm-hmm. would be running on that kind of platform. Dude, 100% he looked exactly like okay. that. Between his look and his name, which was James Mattingly II, mm-hmm. um... He had Reagan voter all over him. Yes, that and the fact that he introduces himself as a second and not a junior uh, every single time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fucking hated that guy. Well, hey, real um, quick, did you did you notice Clint Howard in this movie? I did. Did yeah. you notice uh, Colin Hanks? I did not notice Colin Hanks. Where the fuck was that dude? Okay, when they're going to the TV show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Liv Tyler is walking up the steps with, uh, with like a boy. Mm-hmm. That boy is Colin Hanks. Holy shit, dude! Colin, yeah. my man from Fargo. Colin, he's, he's up in here. Our favorite handkerchief maker, Colin Hanks. Our first Colin sighting, folks. Mm-hmm. Rita Wilson's back. Yeah, she did, was good. Did you did you peep Brian Cranston into this thing for half a second? I've, uh, as fucking Gus Grissom, you know I did. <laughs> this movie, it's like we pull in just a who's who, but then we just waste them. Like, we <laughs> oh, we yeah. drafted all the best players, and we just bring them out for photo ops. Yeah. The movie really could have been so much better, but instead they decided to just, just fucking give it to themselves and play this goddamn song eight times. <laughs> hey. Also, I really dug Rita Wilson's character in this movie. She was so good. Yeah, so for the folks at home, she plays sort of a waitress at a jazz bar, and she just, like, 
the movie probably does a better job of painting her as a character than anybody else. She's like been married before. She's bounced around. She's now in a stable mm-hmm. gig. She's like trying to fuck the young dude. Uh, and yes. He gets wasted. And then she has the final parting line that I love of, well, now you're no use to me at all. Are you? Which is just exactly. like so oh, good. Chef's kiss. Fuck. It's good. Ah, oh, brilliant. Hey, so we are getting into this weird trend of Tom being sexual and it's, horribly uncomfortable and Rita being sexual and it fucking works yeah she just embodies it so much better and hey that actually leads into another one of my quick fire thoughts which is Sam Tom Hanks wrote a completely sexless movie he did write a sexless movie and uh yeah I don't think he likes sex Mm -mm. I mean it's Mm -mm. it's weird because this is rock and roll and one they keep repeating the fact that they're in a rock and roll band on a rock and roll tour and Man, there is nothing rock and roll about any of this. This is the Colin Hanks handkerchief company version of rock and roll. Yeah, and and like, you know, at this point I would think maybe it'd be some sort of scaly manifesto Mm -hmm. or something like that, but no, it's utterly sexless. (laughs) Yeah, which is weird. And like they keep getting into situations where ordinarily, like they're in a jazz uh, radio booth talking to Clint Howard and nobody's smoking a joint. Nobody's like in other situations where, you know, one of the characters literally runs away to Las Vegas to get married, which is probably my favorite part of this movie. Um, oh, yeah. It's, it's so utterly devoid of any real sexual drive or motivation. It's it's fucking crazy to me. It's it's very sterile. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like a hospital, like a like a hospital cafeteria. Though, there is early on, uh, the main character, Tom Everett Scott's uh, girlfriend, does, like, very clearly fuck her dentist. (laughs) Or the note that I wrote, which was, oh no, it's a hot dentist. (laughs) Well, Kenna said, she's gonna get plugged by her dentist. (laughs) Your wife is a treasure, (laughs) and I I adore her presence. She is wonderful and the only thing that made this movie bearable. <laughs> Which, again, is funny because you essentially chained her to the radiator through lack of other things to do. So I did, yeah, a little bit. Uh, and, and I'm going to just breeze past that. Did you notice that they mentioned an avocado appliance? Yes. Yes, I did, Sam. Yeah. And uh, I thought... I just thought you'd enjoy that. Yeah, we all know what, you, what we have to do to people that buy avocado appliances. <laughs> Oh, just just destroy them. Yep, 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 uh, yep, yep, yep. Full-on annihilation. Hey, what the fuck was with the Spartacus thing? Hey, bud, I was hoping you could explain it to me because I don't know. <laughs> I, I haven't a fucking clue, but the movie tries to make it a thing so bad. Yeah. And it, it just doesn't work. It's just Tom Everett Scott saying, like, Spartacus 30 times. Like, it means something now. And it just, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Hey, I just remembered a thing. So to clue the listeners in, this was the episode that you and I had agreed we would say yes to everything. And uh, oh, I like we that, fucked that up. <laughs> I like that we drove the car 90 miles an hour straight into the brick wall on that one. And then we're sort of hey, like, no. <laughs> well, does it count if it's no and? <laughs> well, no and is the root of all good improvisational comedy. Uh, <laughs> 
No, and oh, also shit. this other thing I'm mad about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, did you think Tom looked extremely weird? Yes. Yeah, there's that okay. scene where they're in the diner. I can yes say in this one. They're in the diner, and then the lead character turns to his face, <laughs> and I legit thought I was watching Polar Express for a second. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck they did to his face. Yeah, it looks so wrong. He looks like a Ken doll, but like one that nobody's buying. Yeah, I just... I just... It, he looks like an alien. Yeah, it's bizarre stuff. I think it's just the makeup and the lighting, but he looks plasticky and... I don't know, man. It's it's a weird note uh, for this ensemble. Yeah, Woody looked more real. Mm-hmm. And again, that dude blinked like he was at Bonnaroo, so I don't know. <laughs> um, so let me let me just see. I've got some other quick thought he, thoughts here. So uh, Phil Horace, the mm-hmm. the guy who's like their first manager. Mm-hmm. Um, he I just he has eyes that look like they want to eat you. Mm, yeah, I mean, that's his whole thing, right? He's living out of his camper van trying to scout local talent and then sell them on to the the next higher, uh, the next highest regional uh, facilitator of music. Words after dark are hard. Um, hey, look. He, yeah. Yeah, I just, he, like, he's clearly hungry for boy talent, but <laughs> he also, like, I just something about his eyes looked like they were about to start biting. Yeah, I wouldn't sign anything that he handed me uh, with those Mm-mm. eyes peering at me over a contract, for sure. And also, very brave of those boys to eat his camper stew. <laughs> <laughs> so, for the folks at home, I want to dig into this one, because what Sam is referencing with the camper stew is that they literally walk out of the appliance store, and then they are brought into a camper where this A&R guy, for like, he's a super local regional A&R dude, Cooks some fucking stew, <laughs> boozes him up, and then hands him a contract. Outside the store, dude is double parked and <laughs> making yes. deals. It's the shadiest fucking shit. And not only do they eat his nasty stew, which could have been there for weeks for mm-hmm. all we know, they sign the fucking contract. Yeah. I mean, to his credit, he got him on the radio within the week. But, I mean, it's... He um, did. It's some chunky, but, some, you know, <laughs> real Campbell's <laughs> chunky uh, behavior. I will say that. I mean, like, who did he have to poison with that stew to get it on the radio? <laughs> you want some stew? This is our, this is not our new friend, but now I'm kind of sad that he's not <laughs> running around dosing people D- Daniel Day-Lewis style to get results. He's he's our new enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I I did want to mention one thing that I did love. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the the valet at the hotel. Yes. Uh, Lamar, or I guess the concierge. It was unclear what his job was. Mm-hmm. But um, Tom Everett Scott comes up and says, "Hey, I want to go to a jazz club." And he's like, "Okay, this fucking white guy, he doesn't know jack shit about jazz." Sure. So, mm, I don't know. And then he asks him a very specific trivia question about jazz. And I love this as a concept. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, again, I used to work at a hotel, and I wish I had thought of when people say, hey, where should I go for dinner? If I could go, hey, what are the ingredients in a beef wellington? <laughs> and if they miss the mushroom duck cell, 
I send them to Burger King. <laughs> hey, how do you make duck confit? Just real quick, if you could write it down for me. Uh, exactly, exactly. It's uh, it's what I'm going to call positive gatekeeping, uh, essentially. <laughs> it's, it is. It's so good. <laughs> Hey, uh, another quick fire thought. I'm running out of them, but uh, one more mm-hmm. for you, which is that Saul is the worst human being alive. Oh, I did write, I hope the pink suit dude dies. Because, <laughs> um, boy, he was awful. Yeah, this um, is a man we see for a total of two minutes on screen that's like the head of Playtone, and dude eats an egg salad sandwich in a way that I found viscerally disturbing, so I would like to not see him again. Ooh, I imagine the way we watched him eat that egg salad sandwich is the way that tom uh sees people having sex Mm, it's just it's gooshy and nasty and the sounds are all wrong yes 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 two more thoughts Mm -hmm. hit me uh one why was Liv tyler sick (laughs) why was that a plot point well there's no plot there's no risk there's nothing we're trying to achieve in this movie so she just got the flu dude you know how movies do sometimes they just (laughs) chuck in irrelevant things that will happen how how characters in movies just get sick sometimes and then recover sort of slowly yeah Um, this this answers the question of like uh you know when does jason Bourne use the bathroom the answer is who fucking cares (laughs) because do you really want to see him sitting on the john for 10 minutes every now and then I don't know, maybe. Mm. If it's if it's an action-packed shit, yeah. <laughs> All the same beats as a fight scene, but it's yeah. just him taking a deuce. <laughs> Luke, if it's a white-knuckle dump, <laughs> hell yes. <laughs> There's the name of the episode. back you gotta come back to me bud hey what was the plot of weekend at party pier uh man that could have been a whole segment i feel like the plot was um they have a a dumb stoner friend uh the two romantic leads and then that's it that's as far as they got with writing it they just knew beach party and uh everyone's high for making this so fuck it all right so i think there is one twist in it Mm, okay. uh, that's hinted because the guy says like they're incoming or something yeah and i do think there's a russian invasion at the end because it is the 60s we still got to keep up the red scare yeah red scare is ever present in the 60s that's a great point that's a great point yeah i i don't know if you have any other thoughts uh i thought Liv's monologue at the end was god awful um Yep, 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 yep. I think that's what gave me the impression that this was a romantic com- comedy in my uh, just like life-addled memory. Um, hey, I like I could see where you you could remember it. Yeah, like kind of how like you'll invent things to fill mm-hmm. in gaps in your memory. Yeah, you invent a plot to fit this movie. Exactly. That's a hundred percent what I did. Well, the only other thought I have for you is that uh, I think Charlize Theron's character is the only real winner here because, you know, within the 10 minutes we get to see of her tops, she does bone down on a handsome ass dentist and then presumably have a great life. So I don't know, man. 
Yeah, and she showed about as much interest in Tom Everett Scott's uh, music career as I did in this movie. <laughs> That's uh, so true. He's like, we're playing the state <laughs> fair. And she's like, cool, I've heard uh-huh. your song. I heard it. This is how she consumes music. She's heard Stairway to Heaven, Sam. She's good now. Yes. I did love that where she was like, yeah, I've heard it before. And this was like after we've heard this fucking song five times. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I'm I'm with her on this. <laughs> she Completely doesn't need fair. to hear it again. Yeah, totally, totally fair. She's She's got to go get her fucking filling uh, or a crown done by this dentist mm. dick or whatever the fuck they're doing all day. Yep, that's uh, it. You nailed it. But more power to her. Mm-hmm. Well, Luke... It's probably a weird time to mention this, but I have a new record out, mm, and nice. um, I gotta I gotta go collect the royalty check, uh, but I can only get that at the Hanks Bank. Would you like to come with me? Yeah, that makes sense. Let's go. Let's go. Well, Luke, uh, I think it's time for us to to tell the audience about our new friend. Mm, uh, yes, please. Uh, it's our segment in which we we just pick a, a random character at a film and and talk about their life as mm-hmm. as we mm-hmm. see it going. Yep, yep, yep. And and our new friend this week is the hotel concierge in L.A. Lamar. Hmm. Who we actually get a fair amount of screen time with. I'd say about as we much, do. if not more, than either Charlize Theron or uh, Rita Wilson. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely more than both. Yeah. Before uh, we uh, a, dig in too much, do you want to kind of just describe who Lamar is really quick? Sure. Yeah. So Lamar is the sort of all-knowing um, uh, concierge at the hotel. Mm-hmm. He's very attentive uh, to them. He's very helpful. Um, he's clearly extremely knowledgeable both about kind of their life situation as a band mm-hmm. and also kind of how to deal with apparently various uh sort of respiratory illnesses yeah and um, relationships he gives out a lot of relationship advice too in this a lot I of believe. good relationship advice a lot of he knows a lot about popular jazz clubs mm-hmm. um and uh, and he seems to run a very tight ship at yeah. the hotel 100 percent. what what's his last name luke hmm well this is where things get complicated because sam i have an idea of who lamar is Okay. Yeah. And let's let's hear it. So my theory for Lamar, whose last name may actually be unspecified, because from what I'm about to tell you about Lamar, I believe he showed up at the hotel one day and was like, "I'd like to apply for a job uh, as cover." We'll talk about that. And they were like, "Cool. What's your name?" And he was like, "Lamar." And then they said, "What's your last name?" And he went, "Don't worry about it." So, and it's the '60s. So they said, "Okay." <laughs> said cool what's a background check um so here's my theory on lamar my theory is that there, there's another older drummer guy in this movie and sam do you happen to remember his name it's del something yeah. jesus it's gonna kill me parker uh, i say del parker or something like that see i want to say it started with an s Mm, could be. Well, yeah. well you you figure that one out. Essentially, there is an older drummer that the main protagonist really, really idolizes and gets to meet. Del Paxton. The, that's it. Del Paxton. Uh, old Bill Paxton. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's back for this one. Um, 
but this is a guy that the the protagonist really idolizes and at the end of the movie they get to work together and he's the one that clues him into being a jazz drummer blah 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 my theory is that lamar this is a looper situation and lamar is the younger version of dell who is now back to murder him because dell is going to do something so heinous shortly after this film ends that he's trying to change the timeline and uh, remove this from the universe. Sam, how does that hit you? I love it. Mm. I love it, and I, I, think, I think you're right. So, he knows that Dell, if he go, this is maybe getting too much into conspiracy corner rather than our <laughs> new friend, but um, he knows that Dell will go on to do something horrible, and he's yes. come back to try to fix it. And I think he knows the exact way to distract Dell away from from this path of evil and violence and whatever the fuck else that he does and it is to fill his life with a new extremely pa- talented young drummer mm-hmm. but the only way to do it is to break up what will become the most popular and also mm. the only teen band yeah and that's the the wonders or whatever the the own own netters um oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love this for several reasons i think it's let's let's walk it back from conspiracy corner territory and we'll say that there's no violence here there's no threat uh no. of murder i think it's just like a butterfly effect like maybe the next record that dell cuts you know there's a certain combination of notes that eventually leave uh the world in a state of peril where like thanos shows up and fucks everything up or something like this uh, is Okay, yeah. Luke, I've got it. Mm-hmm. Dell writes an extremely popular record mm. that does contain within it the brown note. Ooh. <laughs> so he creates a, a strangely popular record that does make everyone shit uncontrollably. Yeah, and this this through a combination of multiple world leaders and also just like general people in supermarkets randomly shitting themselves leads to nukes being fired off and to yes. cuisines being left on the floor uh just a really bad scenario all around both a lot of, these of fecal are, contamination yeah completely and you know disease spread we're talking about full 1300s if everybody's just brown oh, yeah. themselves yeah and they can't stop listening to it because it's so good mm-hmm. yeah a he's real... an extremely talented jazz man <laughs> and uh and they gotta hear it but i mean like put on a diaper <laughs> it just totally rat fucks the industry too because there's not enough depends out there right now no to accommodate not. yeah every jazz listener on the planet i mean if this came out it's like a new not shitty kanye album like you know it drops everyone's gonna go straight to that you want to yeah right it, imagine a world in which beyonce releases an album in which the song is so good that you can't not listen to it. But mm-hmm. every time you listen to it, you shit uncontrollably for <laughs> for three straight minutes. Imagine uh, put a ring on it, but then it just makes you shit. Un- it's a real white knuckle deuce halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he has gone back in time to to right this wrong, mm-hmm. and the only way to do it is to break up this band. Uh, and and to to impart some advice to Guy mm-hmm. Patterson. Yes. Uh, and yes. And so yes, yes. He also, I think, saw an opportunity to improve what had become a failing hotel. 
mm. in the the ambassador. I think it is. Yeah. I got you. This is sort of a uh, Grand Budapest Hotel style situation, just by accident. A little bit, yes. Okay. Yes. And so he wants to improve the hotel. He's trying to to put more good into the world, knowing that he has made a few people shit themselves to death. Mm. Or would in an eventuality uh, that he's bypassing, for sure. I understand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so he's like, I can can fix this hotel. I I can impart some some advice i can get two people to fall in love i can mm-hmm. make this clear reagan voter fuck back off to <laughs> rural pennsylvania um yeah i love this because it it really gets to the heart of who lamar is because we see him later in life this is a man who's lived to the limit right i mean this is a man who has a wealth of experience to share he's kind he takes time uh, out of his day to semi altruistically talk to uh, <laughs> our protagonist, uh, he does get some drinks out of it. So, you know, like, that's a good sure. evening, uh, plus getting to talk to Rita Wilson. But, you know, this is a man who's he's, he's pretty kind at heart. And I do think that making people uh, shit themselves uncontrollably at baseball games would not be on his radar as a good thing to do. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I think you can see the, the moment where he's both vetting Guy Patterson to make sure that he is the right person to mm-hmm. meet h- himself and also directing him to the meet where they will finally make this connection mm-hmm. because as you remember he uh, Guy Patterson says I want to go to a jazz club and he says who played cornet on blah blah blah's album mm-hmm. and Guy Patterson said uh, Frank Malone and uh, <laughs> and he goes yes this is the right man to right my wrongs. This is the man. And he, and he sends him to the blue spot. Yeah. And that's where he meets he meets Del Paxton. A place. A Del Paxton who will not go on to create a highly popular Brown Note album. Yes. This explains so much. Like why he knew Del would be at the Blue Note, because he knows he's a regular. Uh mm-hmm. this explains his deep knowledge of jazz, his deep knowledge of relationships. You know yes. his business acumen at the hotel. It all—it's all, it's all fucking threads together, my friend. He's got two lifetimes worth of experience within him. Mm-hmm. So of course he would know all these things. Yeah, dude is fucking. Yeah, no, I I do have a question, Sam. Which is now that his mission is complete and the brown note has been averted, uh, which would also be a good uh, band name if you're still looking. <laughs> the brown note averted. Possibly an album title. <laughs> so put that one in your back pocket, folks. Uh, the Brown Note Averted. What, what do you think he does afterwards? And this is maybe based on the fact that I don't super remember how Looper ends. I don't either. Um, <laughs> well, I think we actually see Lamar's final moment. Mm. Um, knowing uh, Dell's legacy is secure, that... that the the ambassador hotel is is on to to higher higher and higher heights yeah that um guy patterson and faye dolan are are in love and that they'll make a happy couple and that uh guy is going to go on to make some some good albums with dell mm-hmm. and he he stares directly into the camera which he yeah. knows is there yeah yeah and, and then which he, he does do that is the last shot of this film is lamar yes. barreling the camera full bore mm-hmm. and he he disappears mm. just whoosh, 
So you're saying that when this movie ends, it's not because that's where they wanted it to end, but because immediately after that, Lamar disappears completely. Yes, it, you just hear a light symbol, just mm. and and Dell's gone. In a or, single sorry, rim shot, L- Lamar is gone. Sure, yeah, same guy, just uh, you know, different names, different times in their lives, yeah. for sure. Man, that has a beautiful parody to it that honestly injects this movie with more plot than it had. It, the, for its entire hour and 48 minute runtime. Holy shit, it does. <laughs> um, God almighty. Hey, Tom, the next time you write and direct a movie, why don't you give us a call? Yeah, we got uh, ideas for you. You can even write it and then we'll just backfill it. That's how good we are at this. We're yeah. happy to do that for you. Yeah. Hashtag play with us, Tom. Play with or, us, Tom. Or whatever the fuck our hashtag is. I already forgot I, it. I think it's play along, Tom, for those at home play that along, do want Tom. to blast his Twitter. Please, play along, Tom. La- last week was play with us, Tom. Yeah, which, uh, much like come on, Tom. It, ooh, I fucked it up. Much like come uh, on, Tom. <laughs> come on, Tom. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Has some negative vibes to it. It does, a little bit. We'll, we'll, get it, we'll get it next week. Yeah. Which, speaking of... Next week, Luke, we're watching 1998's Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, and what I can only describe as, like, severe movie whiplash, we're going to do the big one. Oh, Holy shit. Man, so you and I have both seen this film several times, correct? No. So I've seen, I think, most of it, but oh. definitely not all of it. Well, this is an interesting position, Sam. I don't know that you've seen bits of a movie before on this podcast. How do you how do you want to do this? I don't have this in my playbook. Yeah, so I mean like I know it's a World War II movie and I know the basic mission of it. So I think we go to our our standard fallback of what do you think this movie would be about mm. if you just have to go off the title? Sure. So if I had to go off of the title, I would assume that this is a deeply evangelical based movie really geared towards uh, the Bible Belt, where it's a movie about a private that was has returned from a world war, probably World War II. Uh, so this, you know, it's a period piece. But he's really struggling with his inner demons, and he'll have mm-hmm. a lot of cool, sassy comments about drinking that are, like, <laughs> just, they're, like, like PG movie sassy. So they're not actually <laughs> the thoughts <laughs> of an alcoholic. They're just, like, a lifetime version of an alcoholic. Um, and he will meet somebody uh, a probably a local a towny woman who will sort of uh, deal with his curmudgeonliness because that's how all alcoholics are we're just sort of curmudgeons and we'll slowly guide him towards church life and uh, PTA meetings maybe she's got a kid and then uh, eventually we'll save his soul through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ Sam uh, well, Luke, I started to say that's wonderful, but I'm not going to lie to you. That's the first movie you've come up with that I very specifically don't want to see. Yeah, I would not pay a dime for that movie. If no. <laughs> hey. Directed uh, by Tyler to, Perry. To once again put it into perspective, I would watch this movie again over mm. what you just described. Man, that hurts, but it is completely fair. So <laughs> what, what do you think Saving Private Ryan should be? So I think Saving Private Ryan is a movie in which um, an individual, Ryan, is a, is a very insula, insular uh, kind of uh, hermit sort mm. of character who is uh, 
by some news article, I think, uh, through like an interview, is essentially doxxed. Mm. And so Tom Hanks plays a character who is leading this campaign to keep Ryan private. Mm. And so he is saving Private Ryan as he is known from the magazine article. Yes, 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 yes. Fuck yeah, dude. I would see that movie. Well, I don't know that I would, but it's probably better than this one because it does have a plot. Yeah, I think it'd have to star like Steve Carell uh, as Ryan. Yeah, that's a good that's a good fucking get. Yeah, and I think we have Rita Wilson in here again as a concerned sister, a concerned but understanding sister that wants to preserve uh, Ryan's yes. anonymity. Yeah, hundred percent. Yes. Uh, and Ryan Gosling writing the the article, mm, I think. Yeah, get this snarky Canadian out of here. This big city Canadian. Yeah, exactly. Uh, can Steve Carell grow a beard on short notice? I'm pretty sure it's in all of his contracts. So good. We'll need it. Yeah, the man is. Uh, if he was a superhero, he'd be called Mister Rogaine, uh, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, folks. Uh, thanks for sticking with us on this one. Uh, until until next week, you can uh, catch us on Facebook at Hanksy Panksy Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Hanksy Panksy. You can catch us on Instagram at Hanksy Panksy Pod, and you can email us at HanksyPanksyPod at gmail.com. Please, for the love of God, send us your theories, send us your mm-hmm. reviews, send us your thoughts on Tom Hanks, America's dad and daddy. Mm-hmm. He's a national mm-hmm. treasure, and he stunk up this movie in a big, big way. <laughs> Uh, do do tweet at him hashtag play along Tom so we yeah. can get him on the podcast and uh, I do want to send a, a quick uh, shout out to Ryan Boyd for our kick ass intro music you can uh, find them on Twitter at Ryan Droid D-R-O-Y-D and Luke do you have a final quote for us so that we can finally uh, shove this movie back into the fucking <laughs> crypt that it lurked out from Yes, I do. But before I give you our final quote, just another quick note. Tell a friend. You know, we don't advertise this podcast at all uh, because, honestly, we're too lazy to. So the only way it really gets spread around is if you uh, tell a friend and spread it around like margarine on toast. So, you know, that really helps us out. Yeah, please do. Yeah. Anyway, your final quote was stated about midway through the movie by the guitarist. And, my friend, it is, oh, I'm not here with these fellas. I got a pig in competition over at the Livestock Pavilion. God, I hate this fucking flick. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for listening to another episode of Hanksy Panksy. We'll be back next week with uh, uh, Saving Private Ryan.